everyone. Welcome back to the Hello Sydney podcast, a podcast for horror lovers where we discuss any and all things horror. It's me, your host, Sydney. Before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about some horror news because what the actual fuck is going on with Scream 7? I'm so heartbroken by how this whole entire thing has played out. Like, first they did Nev absolutely dirty. Now they've done Melissa absolutely dirty. I don't think I, I, they've driven this franchise into the ground single handedly. I think the franchise really just needs to die with Scream 6. I really don't see them being able to come back for this, even if they somehow get Nev to sign on, which I do not think she should, and I really hope she will not. It's just so devastating to me because we're never going to get our final, like, Stu Sydney showdown, which I have been hoping for for years. Even if they somehow manage to pull something together, I will not be watching Scream 7, and that breaks my heart to say, but it's, it's over for me. Anyway, on a lighter note, let's get into today's topic. Actually, it's not lighter at all because today we're talking about curse films where a lot of really fucked up shit happened on the set of multiple films. Because I'm not talking about curse films like you're going to watch this movie and you're going to die. I'm talking about curse films that such tragic events happened during the time of filming or like directly after that people actually attributed it to a curse. This is a topic that's always like really interested me, but also has been very conflicting for me because I don't know if I truly believe that these movies are cursed or if it's just an easy way to explain the tragedies of humanity. All the information I'm going to share with you guys today is from the series Curse Films on Shudder. No, this is not a paid promotion for Shudder, but Shudder, if you're listening, hook a girl up. I'm going to start with the one that I think has the best argument for being a cursed film, and that is the original 1976 The Omen. Now, people believe that this movie was actually cursed by the devil himself, okay? So during this episode, they have the executive producer on, and he was discussing how they had a religious advisor on the set whose name was Robert Monger. And this guy basically warned them that by filming this movie, they were inviting the devil in, and Satan was going to try and stop the film from being made because he wants to remain invisible, and this movie was basically exposing him. The director of this film, Richard Donner, also was interviewed during this episode and he said that Monger had said that the devil was going to do anything to stop this movie from being made. So basically it was doomed from the start and going forward any slight inconvenience or slightly bad thing that happened on set was going to be attributed to this curse. But honestly some really weird shit did happen during the filming of this movie. So One of the most notable things, first and foremost, so Gregory Peck, who plays the main character, when he was flying to the location where they were filming, his plane was actually struck by lightning on the way. Now, maybe alone that would be okay, but then a few days later, David Seltzer, who was the writer, his plane was then struck by lightning. Two separate planes struck by lightning. What are the odds of that? Now, on top of that, Gregory Peck was actually initially supposed to be on a different plane, and that plane that he was supposed to be on crashed and killed everybody on board. And even more tragically, that plane crashed into a station wagon, and inside the station wagon was the wife and child of the pilot, and it killed them as well. Now, I believe the filming took place in London, and a block and a half away from where the crew was staying while production was going on, a bomb went off and killed and injured a whole bunch of people, but nobody from the crew. So now the crew's understandably becoming a little weary, and now some weird shit starts happening on set, right? So you know that scene where Lee Remick is in the car with Damien, and they're at the zoo and all the baboons start attacking the car? So the car that they were in during that sequence actually stalled, and they were not able to get out of there. So all of that terror in Lee Remick's face during that scene is 100% real. Then to add to that, a few days after they left that zoo from filming that scene, it's reported that there was an animal handler at the zoo that was tragically killed by a lion. He was mauled to death by a lion. Now reports on that one are conflicting, 
Um, it's never been confirmed. So who knows if it's just word of mouth or just a rumor that, you know, spiraled out of control and was just another thing to attribute this curse to. Now, this part right here is the one that really freaks me out and has me really believing that this movie might actually be cursed. So, you know, the scene in the movie where that guy is decapitated by that board that flies out of the truck during filming, the special effects supervisor and his fiance were driving and they got in this tragic car accident and his fiance was actually killed. But she wasn't just killed. She was decapitated in the exact same fashion, basically, as that scene in the movie. Now, as if it's not already weird, this was said to have happened in front of a town sign that said Amen, O-M-M-E-N, which was 66.6 kilometers away. <laughs> it's hard to believe, honestly. I don't, I don't know if I believe it, but if that's true, that's some spooky ass fucking shit. Again, this is the executive producer and the director of the movie basically confirming the story, and the executive producer says it's more than coincidental, which is entirely true. During this episode, they also interview some black magicians who kind of talk about the idea of a curse, and they say that it is possible that somebody did curse this movie. Perhaps it was a Satanist who was concerned with representation and how it was going to look. Um, the director of the movie actually also got some threatening letters while the movie was being made from Satanists who, again, were concerned with how they were going to look because of this movie. Ultimately, there's a lot of really weird events that did happen surrounding this movie, but the director and the executive producer go on to say that they actually believe that this movie was a blessed film because if it was a curse, Gregory Peck would have died in that car accident or somebody would have been hurt in the explosion that happened. So they actually believe that it's the opposite of a curse and that somehow they were being protected. And again, I think the whole thing with the religious advisor basically telling them that, you know, this movie is going to be cursed and Satan himself is cursing the movie. Anything that happened was going to be blamed on this curse, essentially. Next up is a movie that is one of my personal favorite horror movies of all time, and it is none other than 1973's The Exorcist, which I also truly believe to be probably the most iconic horror movie ever created. So there was controversy surrounding this movie from day one. Obviously, Linda Blair was 12 years old at the time. It was the 70s. And even for the 70s, this movie really pushed boundaries and pushed the limits of what people were used to seeing. I mean, even by today's standards, the things that Linda Blair was doing in this movie are, I don't think it would fly these days, really. So yeah, of course, there was already a lot of controversy surrounding this movie, which then contributed to some of the myths that there was a curse. So one of the first weird things that happened was the sets actually caught fire during production, but the only piece of the set that was not harmed was Reagan's bedroom. So after this happened, they had a Jesuit priest come in to bless the set, but clearly that didn't really work because not long after people started dying. So either people directly associated with the movie or directly associated to people who worked on the movie. So on the first day of filming, Max von Sydow's brother died. He's the one that plays one of the priests. And Linda's Bl Linda Blair's grandfather also died. And then on top of that, two people directly in the movie died. So the special effects supervisor died and uh, Damien's mother actually ended up dying as well. So sure, we can say, you know, the woman who played Damien's mother, she was an older woman. I'm sure Linda Blair's grandfather was an older man. So nothing too weird yet, right? But then some really tragic shit started happening on the set during filming. So I think this is a story that everybody knows but during that scene where Reagan is being thrashed around in her bed Linda Blair was actually strapped into this harness which malfunctioned and she actually fractured her lower spine during that scene and they kept that footage in the movie which like every time I watch it it really is just a fucked up thing to think about like this 12 year old girl is literally screaming and crying in pain begging for them to stop thrashing her and they think she was just like acting her ass off basically and then Ellen Burson got injured uh, in one of the same scenes as well because William Friedkin, who was the director of this movie, was known for kind of controversial methods. Like he would like 
slap his actors directly in the face. He would like fire off a gun on set to get people scared. And there was a scene where Ellen Burstyn has to get pulled and she's in this harness and they did it the first time and he didn't think it was good enough. So he told them pull harder and they did it again and she actually was injured. And that scene also was kept in the movie. So again, the conditions that they were working on in this movie, it was tough. And with somebody they interviewed, Ellen Dietz, who played the face of Pazuzu in the movie, they interviewed her for this episode and she made a comment that I like. She said, who do you have to fuck to get off this movie like it was just the total opposite like nobody wanted to work on this movie anymore another fact that I think a lot of people know about is there was actually a murderer in this movie like a real life murderer so during the hospital scene where you know Reagan's getting all the tests done on her there is a radiology tech so this dude was a real radiology tech they just happened to like find him and keep him in the movie to make it more realistic and his name was Paul Bates and it turns out that three years after this movie he ended up killing I guess I don't know if it was his girlfriend but they found a dead body in his apartment and he said that it was a crime of passion. He reported himself basically like to a reporter and then he was found. Again, so yeah, it was three years later, but still people of course were attributing this to like, well, the devil had got a hold of him and he did this because he was in this movie, which like think of how many people were in this movie that didn't go on to murder somebody. So... So then this movie's released, right? And it happens to be a sociological phenomenon as they refer to it as, which I entirely agree with. And I say this all the time. Like, I don't think any movie has ever traumatized an entire generation of people like The Exorcist did. Like you had people passing out in the theater. There were stories of people having heart attacks and women going into premature labor. There were rumors that, you know, this movie was inviting demons into the theater and that's why people were having such like physiological reactions to things. Was a lot of this stuff probably exaggerated for PR? I think so. But I for sure think a lot of it is accurate. And obviously this also contributed to the idea that this movie is cursed and it's evil. So Linda Blair was actually one of the people interviewed in this episode. And she was just talking about like, basically how awful of an experience this was for her, like during the filming, of course, and after because she was a child and because of the fear that the, like was surrounding this movie, the studio actually had to hire bodyguards for her. Like people were terrified of her. People were making threats. Like they thought she was literally the devil himself. And Linda Blair talked about how like, you know, a few years later, The Omen came out and nobody did that to the kid who played Damien. Is it because he was a boy or what was that about? Also in this episode, they have this like dollar store exorcist who's trying to say that children can develop issues with demons if they watch horror movies. Like basically kids are going to get possessed and this dude's like, honestly a total fucking piece of shit like he's taking advantage of these people who clearly are not well like doing exorcisms on them and it's just it's fucked up anyway some of the people that they're interviewing then go on to say like it's easier to believe that it's a curse than to accept the human condition and it's e it's easy to blame the devil basically but like when in reality it's not the devil like evil is among us and people are just not great so yeah i don't know if i believe in this one being cursed but i do think that Linda Blair had to go through a lot of shit and I think it was more so the carelessness of the adults around her as opposed to the devil or some evil spirit, you know? Next up, we have a movie that is quite beloved in the horror community and one that's also usually referred to as being cursed and that is 1982's Poltergeist. Now, people usually attribute the curse of this movie to that scene with the skeletons in the pool, okay? So if you've seen it, you obviously know what I'm talking about, but there's a scene where Jo Beth Williams falls into the pool and all these skeletons come up and it turns out those were actually real skeletons. And the reason those are real skeletons is because it's actually cheaper to use real human skeletons than to make fake ones. Now, again, once people found this out, they started attributing a curse to this because a lot of weird shit did happen surrounding this movie. So first, one of the weird things that happened on 
set was the toy clown malfunction in the scene where it's choking out the sun and he actually was like being strangled and begging for his life essentially. Obviously he ended up being fine but you know that's just a weird thing but again some things malfunction all the time that can just be merely a coincidence. But I think a real the real reason that people say that this movie is cursed is the deaths of the two main stars Heather O'Rourke and Dominique Dunn. Dominique Dunn's death was really a tragedy so basically she was in a relationship with this guy named John Sweeney and she broke up with him and he didn't really like that much so he decided to show up to her house and strangle her essentially because you know that's what normal fucking people do so she didn't die immediately but she was placed in a coma and put on life support and she ended up being taken off life support so he got 10 years in prison but for some reason only actually spent two and a half years incarcerated so he is a free man if he's even still alive so she died in 1982 so i can't remember if this happened like directly after filming or after the movie came out or before the movie came out but either way it was pretty immediately after so this happens tragically of course and then they decide to go on to make Poltergeist 2. So Heather O'Rourke is in Poltergeist 2 as well. And basically when the movie started filming, they had a shaman come on to bless the set and basically exercise the demons. So this guy's name was Will Sampson and he ended up dying two years later of kidney failure. So they brought this up as part of the curse, but I think that that was long enough after to not be related to the movie and this guy just was older and died so then on top of that julian beck who plays that like really creepy ass fucking cult leader in the second movie he ended up dying of stomach cancer so now there's been three deaths related to this movie but again two of those were of natural causes and one was the cause of an absolute fucking piece of shit asshole so then they make poltergeist three and something that i think is really eerie is again julian beck who was the cult leader had died at this point so they actually use a death mask for his character so now they're filming poltergeist three and this is where heather O'Rourke tragically dies so essentially she had Crohn's disease but she was being treated for the wrong diagnosis um so she ended up going into the hospital and it turns out she had a congenital birth defect and she ended up dying of sepsis she was just a kid at the time so obviously this is even more tragic because she was so young and the director of this movie who was interviewed for this episode he actually said that he and the rest of the cast and crew decided that they weren't going to finish the movie Um, But basically the studio told them that they were contractually obligated to do so. So they had to finish the movie with like a Heather double, which they said was the creepiest fucking thing that they've ever had to do. So the end of this movie where Heather or, you know, the little girl is being held and you can't see her face, it's supposed to be Heather, but that's not. It's a body double. The director goes on to say, like, it was a stupid fucking ending. They had to rewrite the ending because of her death and nobody on the movie did any publicity. They all refused to promote the movie because they were just so upset. The director also said that so many people were asking him about the curse of the Poltergeist films that he actually ended up having to move and change his number because he got so sick of it. And you guys know Zelda from the first movie, the older woman with the really high pitched voice. So she also did an interview basically to discredit the curse. She called it superstitious. And she was saying like Dominique died because of a psycho ex-boyfriend and everybody else died of tragic conditions. This is is nothing to do with a curse. Somebody who worked um, as special effects on the movie also did an interview and said that he was offended that people were saying that the deaths were related to the skeletons because human skeletons are actually used in movies all the time. So there's human skeletons that are used in Frankenstein in the original House on Haunted Hill. So why does nobody say that those movies are cursed, you know? So yeah, this is one... I don't necessarily think it's cursed. I think there were tragedies that happened surrounding it, but 
I wouldn't attribute it to a curse. I would just attribute it to some really shitty fucking people and just some really tragic circumstances. But again, it's easier to say like, you know, Dominique Dunn was killed because the movie she was on was cursed rather than think like, oh no, your ex-boyfriend could just come fucking kill you in your own home one day. Next up, and this is honestly probably the one that makes me the most sad because it's The Crow from 1994. And this is a movie that I love so much, but I find so difficult to watch because of what happened to Brandon Lee. But before we get into that, let's talk about the other weird things that happened surrounding this movie. So in this episode, they have Jeff Most, who is the producer, being interviewed. And he said that before the movie started filming, the studio got an anonymous voicemail that said, don't make this movie because bad things will happen. So they essentially ignored it but then pretty immediately bad things started happening so on the first day of principal photography two electricians backed up their cherry picker into a live wire and it lit them on fire they got second and third degree burns and i think if i remember correctly one of them actually passed away so that happens tragically and they're like okay well you know let's bounce back from this so they start filming and then on the first day of filming a hurricane hit and destroyed the whole backlot set so after these two things happen, Entertainment Weekly actually wrote an article calling these things the curse of the crow. So basically it was kind of like the omen, you know, like the religious advisor who said this is cursed, blah, blah, blah. So anything that happens from here on out is going to be attributed to a curse. So the producer said that after this article came out, uh, one of the staff made a comment saying like, yeah, sure, things have happened, but it's not like anyone died. So I guess I was mistaken. The electrician, one of them didn't die, but they did get severe burns. But obviously, as we know, they spoke too soon because Brandon Lee did end up tragically dying on the set of this movie. So at the time, Brandon was a rising star um, and this was going to be basically his opus. Now, Brandon Lee was Bruce Lee's son and he was really trying to get out of like the shadow of his father. Like he really wanted to be his own person, his own star and create his own career. So once these tragedies started happening, the press started to say that this was the continuation of the curse of Bruce Lee. So basically when Bruce Lee was alive, there were a bunch of rumors surrounding him. So there were theories that there was a hit on Bruce Lee from the Chinese mafia because he gave away like martial arts secrets that weren't supposed to be shared. Um, there was a theory that he was struck by a death blow. So kind of like the five finger thing from Kill Bill and that's what killed him. Um, there was a theory that there was just a Lee family curse and basically the first male son was going to die. There was a, like a theory that there was a demon after the firstborn son in the Lee family. So there was actually in the movie that they do on Bruce Lee, there was scenes of how his family used to dress him in girls clothes to actually try and trick the demon from taking him. So as we know, Bruce Lee did die at a young age. And what really happened was that he took a painkiller and he took a nap and he died in his sleep because it turns out he had some sort of hypersensitivity to the painkiller. And that was the cause of his death. I also think it might have been like heat stroke or something because he actually had his sweat glands removed so that he didn't sweat on set of his movies. So regardless of whether you want to call this a curse or not, either way, it's tragic. He left behind two young kids, you know, um, but this is the part that really creeps me out. So before he died, the last movie that Bruce Lee was working on was this movie called Game of Death. And essentially in this movie, his character is filming a movie and is shot by the prop gun because his enemy ends up replacing the blanks in the gun with real guns, with real bullets, because he's trying to kill him. So Bruce Lee died before he was able to finish this movie. And if you know where the story is going and you know what happened to Brandon Lee, then you know why that is so fucking creepy to me. Like, what are the odds 
that this man died before he was able to finish his final movie and then his son dies before he's able to finish his final movie and dies in the exact same way that Bruce Lee's character died in his final movie. Like, are are you fucking kidding me? So obviously that leads us into what happened to Brandon Lee. So it was March 30th, 1993, and the scene basically is that Eric Draven returns home to a bunch of villains attacking his girlfriend and he puts himself in between them and one of the villains who we who's named Funboy shoots him. So Brandon Lee plays Eric and this guy named Michael Massey is playing Funboy and they film the scene and Michael shoots Brandon and Brandon falls and the director yells cut and then Brandon does not get up. I'm not too familiar with guns so I'm gonna try to explain this as best as humanly possible so sorry if I fuck it up but basically there was a dumb head that was still in the chamber of this gun that they were using. So basically dummy bullets have the powder removed but not the primer Um, and what had happened was a dummy bullet had been loaded two weeks prior that had lodged a real bullet in the barrel. So what had happened was somebody had forgotten to remove the primer cap from this dummy bullet and because of that the primer has enough force to dislodge the lead round and push it into the barrel. So there was a gun, sh- there was a hung round essentially that stayed in the barrel and they didn't check the barrel before filming this scene. So basically when they went to go film this scene, the gun was loaded with a dummy bullet and it shouldn't have injured Brandon at all. And it wasn't what injured Brandon. But what happened was when the gun shot, the dummy round had the obstruction in it and the obstruction came flying out at 3000 to 5000 PSI, which I don't really know much about guns again, but that sounds really fucking fast to me. So Brandon Lee was shot in the stomach and he ended up dying. So the producer says how he went to the hospital that day, but he refused to talk about it. He just, they, everybody on the set was just so broken. Michael Massey, who's the guy that shot him, was like absolutely devastated, understandably. Like it was not his fault at all, but I can't imagine living with that. So the crew actually like collectively decided that they didn't want to continue this movie without Brandon. Like there was no point. They couldn't see themselves going on. But the reason that this movie was even finished was because because Brandon's mother and his fiance Eliza basically said Brandon was so proud of this film and they want they wanted them to finish it because they said that this is Brandon's film and we really we want him to be remembered this way. So they did and they had to change the script around a little bit. So there was this character, the Skull Cowboy, who was played by Michael Berryman. They ended up having to cut him out because they didn't film enough scenes with him and Brandon. And the makeup artist who was also interviewed in this episode actually made like a cast, like a mask basically of Brandon's face that they had his stunt double wear for the final scenes. And they just said it was just the most eerie and terrifying thing, which I can't even imagine like how freaked out everybody was. And again, just like they said in all of the other interviews about the other movies, basically the crew goes on to say like, it's easy to cling to a curse because it justifies tragedy. But I don't know, this one for me is just too weirdly coincidental, especially because of the whole like Bruce Lee thing and how they kind of, I don't know, that just really freaks me out. Like the fact that Bruce Lee's final film was a foreshadowing on how his son was going to end up dying like years later. That's like, it gives me goosebumps. That's so fucking freaky to me. So the last movie they talk about is one that I'm just going to talk about really briefly because this is one where I don't think this was a curse at all. I think this one is the responsibility of a really careless director and careless crew. So the one I'm talking about is Twilight Zone, the movie, which came out in 1983. And the tragedy that happened on the set of this film was that the main actor, Vic Morrow, as well as two young children died during one of the scenes of this film. So John Landis was the director of this movie. And everybody who's interviewed during this episode says that he was really erratic. He was not concerned about the safety of anybody in the crew. 
At this time, it was illegal to work children past 8 p.m., but John Landis wanted things to be like to look authentic, basically, and to be able to shoot them at night. So he made these kids work until two o'clock in the morning. And he also hired them illegally and basically took them off the street so that they didn't have to, like, abide by these rules. Essentially, a lot of people told John Landis that this was a bad idea and that it was dangerous with like the type of explosives that were being used in the scene. So this scene required Vic Morrow, again, the main character, to carry these two children through this like body of water as there's like these explosions happening and there's a helicopter flying overhead. And Vic Morrow did believe that this role was too demanding, but he didn't want to speak up because he at that point had been kind of struggling with his career and he was just grateful to have this role. So mind you, the parents of these two children are watching the scene as it's happening and they ask the producer like is this dangerous and somebody made a comment like oh no it's gonna be like a Disney ride for them they'll be fine they were indeed not fine because one of the explosions got too close to the helicopter and long story short the helicopter ended up crushing Vic and these two kids these two children as their parents watched on this is quite graphic but the three of them were quite literally cut in half So the companies who made this movie ended up being fined $62,000 and a lawsuit was brought against Landis because it was discovered that the children were working without permits and they were illegally working at 2.30 in the morning when this tragedy happened. So again, this was brought to court, but it was just kind of a clusterfuck. Like John Landis's attorney blamed the explosives expert, the prosecution blamed the filmmakers, the jury really didn't know they did not find it to be criminally negligent, essentially, which I don't know how that's possible. But regardless, John Landis ended up being found not guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Anyway, so this episode slash season ends with one of the crew saying how an accident is a curse. Like it's not always the result of a curse, but basically an accident is a curse because now everybody has to live with this essentially and like live with the guilt of what this accident created. I think a case can be made possibly for the other movies that I talked about being cursed. But again, this one I just find to be complete negligence and just... Like, it disgusts me, honestly, like just lack of like care for anybody's safety. And three people ended up losing their lives for it and nobody was really held responsible. So I, that's not cool. So anyway, there you have it. Those are your cursed films. Again, I'm not sure if I believe that these movies are cursed. I just think it's a lot easier for humans to have something to blame when all of these terrible things happen at once. Like humans need an explanation for why all these terrible things are happening. I think that's why like these legends and these ideas of curses are born. So anyway, yeah, let me know what you think. Um, But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in. There'll be another episode released next Wednesday. And until then, make sure you follow me on TikTok and Instagram. It's horror underscore chronicles. I post on TikTok, especially basically every day. So make sure you follow me for all things horror. So until next time, watch more horror movies and stay spooky, my friends.